welcome back to the Kimberly Lovey podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Lovey, and today I am joined by my all-time one and only favorite, Becky. Dun, dun, dun. Becky, stop staring me down like you hate me for doing this. <laughs> How are you? I'm well, very well. Becky literally has been trying to put this off, you guys, for about mm, a year. Yeah. <laughs> Longer. <laughs> She's, you should see her Since face. She came up with this idea. <laughs> Becky, people literally, like, you're famous and you don't even know it. I'm not even joking. I think I bring up Becky every single She's so mad every episode. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, Becky is the nanny that we had when I was traveling for work. We found her, and I get this question all the time, how did you find your nanny? And we're going to get into that in a second. But we did find her very oddly and very surprisingly from care.com. And we had been through a million nannies. And um, she entered our house, and her confidence was just unparalleled. So basically what had happened was I had been on maternity leave with Charlotte. So I already had the two kids and then we departed ways with our prior nanny unexpectedly. And she walked in and she was like totally unaffected when I was like, look, I'm going to be traveling all the time. I'm not going to be home. I have a four month old and a six, uh, 20 month old Carter was 20 months. And, um, yeah, so we need, we basically need someone to keep our house together. We need someone to like do the grocery shopping, help us with anything and everything besides cleaning tasks. And cause we have a separate role for that. And it's a lot cause it's two under two. And, um, with all due respect to my son, it's not like he was the most advanced and Charlotte was not nap trained. And I was just like rattling off all this stuff to her. And she looks at me, she goes, oh, I get it. So you need a wife. I'm like, that is exactly what Brian and I were saying. We need a wife. So from that moment forward, she just didn't even bat an eye. And I'm like, oh, this woman is going to sink hard or she's going to swim. But she has four days to like train with me and then I'm out. Um, so that was our initial perspective. I went for a week, I come back, and I was like, so, how was it? And I thought she was gonna be like, I'm leaving. I thought for sure she was gonna walk. And then she's like, oh, it was great, yeah, it was fine. We had a great week. Oh, we did this, we did that. I'm like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, oh yeah, it was great. So, and I did I did your grocery shopping, everything's good, yeah. And she was just totally calm. And I'm like, shocked, flabbergasted beyond belief. <laughs> And then two years went by, and now it's been like five. So Becky is um, beyond important to us, to say the least. But she's full of knowledge, to say the least, and I want to share her with you guys because you haven't met her yet. So Becky, that was your intro. How are you doing now? <laughs> it's a hard intro to live up to. Um, I'm good. Yeah, it, 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 it was easy. Um, uh, I mean, I been doing this for 30 years so I've done it a time or two um I started out well I started out my first nanny job was when I was 17 I just turned 17 and I had a live-in job with 13 and 14 year olds so that that was the first one and I, I kind of did it from there um yeah having two was easy because after I had my son I took him up to northern California maybe six weeks and I ended up having three under five and then one of them had a sibling so I ended up having a three-month-old a six-month-old a two-year-old and a five-year-old wait wait wait. back up so you had two boys right I had one you had Nathan Nathan. at that time and then so who are all these other kids tell the people okay so my high school boyfriend actually worked at a sandwich shop in Santa Monica mall and uh, his boss I had babysat for him in high school and so um I had talked to him after I had um, Nathan, and I really didn't have a job, and I had to, and I was a single mom, so I had to figure something out. Out, and so I, uh, he said, "Hey, we're moving to Northern California to Marin, and um, why don't you come with us? We have a, a room for you guys." And and then the next door neighbor has a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. They had a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. So then I had Nathan, who was six weeks or eight weeks at the time, and then a two-year-old and a five-year-old 
Mm-hmm. And then the two-year-old, when Nathan was about, I don't know, five months old or something, four months old, her mom had another baby. So then when she was two months or three, month, three months, I think Nathan was six months, then the two-year-old and the five-year-old. So then I had all four. Oh, my God. That sounds like my worst nightmare. I, I, was, I was 21. Oh, my God. So you were, like, in the thick of newborn land, and then you newborn were taking – it, yeah. and that was your first baby, too. Yeah, my first baby. And you were taking care of, like, taking care of, like, 18 But kids. I had been – at that point, I had been a nurse, and I had been – I got my nursing license, and I had been a uh, midwife's assistant. And back then, and a doula labor coach, which we didn't – Call it that. I think I had the first one of the first doula classes there was back then, but yeah, people didn't know any, no one had a clue back then. I mean, that was 30 years ago, 35 years ago. That's what Lori Dorman said when she was a doula. They didn't even call it that, the photographer that no. was on my podcast. No, I was a midwife's assistant, and you know, I helped during birth with midwives and stuff. So, yeah, no, they didn't call it that. I was in one of the first doula classes, the first doula class that there was that they called it that, and um. There was no certifications, though. You just took the class. It wasn't like, oh, there was newborn, no newborn care specialist. That's a new thing. And there was no, there was no anything, actually. There's no um, anything. Yeah. That's pretty so crazy. Much. Um, so, yeah, back, way back. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, so, yeah, so having two kids is nothing compared to all of that. So, okay, so then what was your impression? So, once... Once you came into our home, mm-hmm. and so basically Becky had lived with us then for two years because I was working, and Brian was working, and so she had our two kids. Um, well, let me let me let me go back to why because technically I wouldn't have had this job, and why I was on care.com because I don't recommend it to anybody. There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of scams. Right, and, and right. You really can't. I don't recommend it, um, and um, they don't they don't curate it well. Um, and so I, um, I had actually gone, when my kids got older, I really couldn't do this kind of work anymore because their schedules were so crazy and I was gone every weekend and through the week with sports and, and every, you all know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went into, I, you know, I went back into business um, and I was running a cosmetics company and operations manager and so that's what I was doing. And so when my kids were gone and off, off to college I thought oh you know I'm gonna do what I like you know business I have to deal with adults and I don't really want to <laughs> so and all the you know all the drama of business and all of that I call it babysitting adults yeah you'd rather babysit I re- children I would, I would. <laughs> they're much more honest <laughs> that's for sure I'll tell you like it is um, and so I uh I had to get back in the industry, and even though I had so many years of experience and all of that, um, none of the agencies would touch me because if you don't have experience, recent experience in the last three years, mm-hmm. and I, so so I basically had twenty years experience, twenty five years experience, and it mattered. It did not matter at all. Wow. Um, I said, and I even asked the agencies. I said, so you'd rather have a young girl that has two or three years experience? than somebody that has 25 and has had their own kids, really? Um, And I was shocked. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I couldn't get um, jobs through any of the normal channels, so I had to to go through care.com. Oh, wow. Reduce my rates and do all that stuff because I couldn't. Yeah, you had to like lower your everything to re-enter. Kind of like starting, yeah. Starting over, that's crazy. And we got so lucky, I always say we got so lucky because we, yeah. Yeah, I was only gonna stay a year. Yep. And because I could get a bigger, you know, one of those jobs, and but I fell in love, so I had to stay. Alone. And when <laughs> Becky told me, I remember at that year mark, she told me like nannies can make, you know, like six figures. And I looked at her, and I was like, if you can find that, you need to take it because that I we cannot. You are, yeah, like I'm not gonna stop you. You rock. You're amazing. Um, and so we kind of had that agreement, and I kind of was like on board for her to be open to those opportunities because she wasn't happy when I decided to go I have to say um no 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 no. it wasn't not happy I was it (laughs) was was like for me (laughs) no I wasn't happy for you I was sucker punched 
I felt like someone punched me in the gut. I was very unhappy when push came to shove, when it it was like a real thing. And I, she, I was pretty upset, devastated. You know, when you go through like a breakup and you're like devastated, it felt like that, you know, like we were going to lose our wife. That's what it felt like. It was horrible. But let's not focus on the negative. (laughs) I lured her back. (laughs) She did. If I have to have another baby, I'll have another baby. (laughs) I was like, look, I told you, I told all you people before, I can have the baby. I never said I'd raise the baby, right? That was my agreement. But but to be honest, to be honest, it was a necessary thing that I leave because I don't think if I had left, I don't think you would have become a stay-at-home mom. And I think you are a brilliant stay-at-home mom. As I've always told you, you would be. So it's your fault I'm in this mess. It is my fault. <laughs> And and and, to, and she always said that she never could do it. That it wasn't in her nature. It's not who she was. And I mean, the first time I took her into Michael's, I thought she would have a panic attack. I was having a panic attack. Um, and you know, <laughs> but I have to. I always knew she'd be brilliant at it. I always knew she'd be great at. It. She has great instincts, and a lot of parenting. That's what it is. It's just really good instincts. And. Um, and she and she is great at it. She's brilliant at it, and I'm so I'm so glad. I have my moments. I'm Thank so you, glad Becky. She's doing it. So glad. Okay, enough about that. Thank you though for that, Becky. Um, <laughs> more about you. So Becky basically has taken us through every major major milestone. So something that I've learned after having a nanny or two or three or seven is that. Um, not all nannies are created equal. And I think that it would be really brilliant if we can kind of start talking a little bit about what that means. Because I realized, like for me personally, like I came into having kids not even having changed a diaper. Like I knew nothing, nothing, zero. So what I think is in terms of like understanding the overall nanny game, is that there's all different levels of nannies and not all nannies are created equal. And there's always, it's almost like I equate it, like if you're talking to a husband, a man about this, or a a very athletic woman like myself, like someone that understands sports kind of analogies, like I almost equate it to like when you're looking for help in your home, how do you know what you need and how do you hire the right help? And it's like, you have to understand that like, you, you got to figure out what player you need for the play that you're trying to make. Like, do you need offense, defense? Like, what are the skills, right? And so every different player on the team has different skill sets, and a nanny is no different. And so it's not like a one-size-fits-all. So I think when you're looking at hiring a nanny, you have to recognize, like, what you might need today. Like, for us in the newborn phase, right, that's one set of skills versus when I hired Becky needing – you know, a full-blown live-in best athlete, that's another skill. Or do you need more of like a housekeeper that can slot in and do some babysitting? So there's all these different types of nannies out there and they're not all the same. Now, the thing I wanna say about you, Becky, before we really dive in and get your thoughts is that Becky is really unique in the sense that Becky is probably the only nanny of every single nanny we've ever had. And again, we've had several. She truly is like, that best athlete she truly can slot in any role which is why we've been able to have her back in a different capacity this time and that's very rare like i don't think i've ever met anybody like that has those skills that i mean she truly can take you from newborn all the way through if your kid's 30 okay like she genuinely has like tactical skills about how to raise children at every phase so um, she's potty, tra- she's sleep trained our baby, okay, our newborn baby London, because she's a newborn care specialist. She has also come in and nap trained Charlotte at four months when I hadn't had that done. She can put them on a feeding schedule as well that kind of works in tandem with their sleep schedule. Then she potty trained both of our kids before two years old. I mean, I didn't do any of these things, not a single thing. She's helped us with speech issues. I mean, any she's helped us for um, school figuring out our school placements i mean the knowledge that this woman has is endless and i'm not trying to sell you i'm just saying i'm illustrating that the skill set for nannies again is not all like it's it's not normal to have that situation but becky the reason i want her on this podcast is because she is a best athlete and she is so knowledgeable about all these topics so have i embarrassed you enough yes okay so what should we talk about should we talk about um so there's a number of things that we should well, talk I think about. We should but... maybe talk about the different 
kinds of nannies there are. Okay, let's talk about them. Yeah. Um, and and keep in mind, this is changing right now. Um, it's There's been a big flux in the last, I'd say, five to seven years. And mm-hmm. since the pandemic, massive flux in that um, there's a huge shortage of nannies right now. So, Why is that? Why is there a nanny so, shortage? Um, well, I think... I think when everybody had to stay home, a lot of nannies lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. A lot of nannies, and like everybody in kind of the lower end echelon, I think of of jobs, um, they all got more training because training was completely accessible online. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all, you know, a lot of them were staying home, mm-hmm. and so a lot of people trained, and a lot of people increased their skills, and they can. And so now nannies' salaries have gone through the roof. Um, they sure have. We're paying her a fortune. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm a newborn care specialist, but I mean, to be perfectly honest, I had to raise my rates because nannies' rates are going. I mean, m- mine were lower than some nannies were. Making, but you gave me the friends and family, right? Yes. Tell me, I got a deal. You did. You did. <laughs> my rates are, are much higher now. Um, but, but you know. I mean, I'm interviewing, because I interview when I finish a newborn care specialist position towards the end, I, I interview nannies um, to take over mm-hmm. and train them. And, you know, I was looking at nannies that were charging $50 an hour. So um, it's it's definitely changed drastically. Uh, and there is a wide range. I mean, but we have, like, a lot of newborn care specialists have been nannies for 15, 20, 20 years. Um, so they've run through the whole gamut. There are some nannies who specialize in ages. You know, I, I won't. I, lots of nannies don't want to take adolescents. Um, they don't want to do teenagers or adolescents. Um, that's you know, it's, it's harder to find those. Um, but you know, you have nannies that you, you know you can charge that charge anywhere from twenty to fifty dollars an hour. So there's a pretty big range, and um, there's a huge push right now. I mean, look, nannies used to be you know immigrant workers who worked under the table, who made not a lot of money. Um, It's not like that anymore. Um, Much more professional. We now have the INA, International Nanny Association, which is really advocating for household workers in that they're on payroll, that when they get sick, they can have to, you know, they they get disability, they get unemployment, they get all of those things are being paid on the books, which is is a different thing than how it was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. you know, and, and a lot of politicians actually have, back in the day, um, lost their lost their ability to run because they found out that they were paying household help under the table. Oh, wow. And that was happening about 20 years ago. And so now it's become much more, um, you know, it, it, it's harder and harder um, to pay nannies and household help. And, and the same thing is, is starting to happen for housekeepers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gonna you're you're gonna start seeing that a lot of housekeepers are gonna want to be paid on the books. That's interesting. Um, so it's 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 much more it's it's tougher to find nannies now who who are be, who are willing to be paid under the table. Hmm. Um, so that's something that everybody has to consider. Um, there are um, agencies and 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 businesses that actually do that. They actually run your they take care of all the HR basically for your 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 household help. Oh, that's um, which helpful. is great. And and I'll give Kim the um, some some names of some companies that do that so she can put it on the podcast. But um, they and they do everything. They, you know, they run the checks, they run you just, you know, they just do a direct deposit. You just that's from, from your bank account and easy. they take care of all of the all of the HR, which is it makes you legally compliant. Mm-hmm. You know they do the they do the um, W four W two. They do all of that, so it makes it much easier. Um, but you know you have your basic nanny who's just getting into it. You know your college student, your somebody who babysat as a teenager, and and they're getting into it. They're starting out as mothers helpers, which is a good option for people who are staying home with their kids who just need you know extra set of hands. Um, then you have nannies who have, you know, worked for five to ten years. You have Then you start getting into career nannies who've been doing it for 15, 20, 30 years. Um, they're more on the professional end. You know, they're making six figures for sure. Um, you know, I've met nannies who are making 200000 a year. That's crazy. So, well, what I, why I think it's so important to, to talk about that there's 
different kinds of nannies is because what I see all the time, and I think this was probably even happening to us, is that, again, nobody talks about this shit, right? So here's the thing, is that if you are a mother or a parent and you're trying to get help in your home, I think where people get in trouble, like where they keep hiring nannies that quote unquote aren't working out, I find that often it's because they don't, they're not really understanding fully what it is they need and they're not articulating that as a result. And sometimes it's hard to know what you need, Mm -hmm. right? Because when you have young kids, like the phases change so quickly Mm -hmm. that like your needs change with that very rapidly. So you can go through many nannies and that's what happened with us. We had so many different nannies because we had different needs. Like we went from needing a part-time nanny to, uh, you know, mostly full-time to then needing a live-in and then we needed and then moving and a night nurse. So like our needs changed really rapidly. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I keep hearing like friends of mine saying, oh, it's not working out with this nanny. And it's like, turns out that they were thinking they needed a full-time nanny, but they really wanted something totally different, like a housekeeper that needed, Mm -hmm. that was able to help, which is very, very, very very different. different. And that's that's something that's definitely happening now. I mean, most nannies, both for, for, for one, most nannies are asking for contracts now, which wasn't a thing ever. Right. Um, And in their contract, they will specify that they don't do anything that is not kid related. And so if you leave a sink of dishes for them to clean Monday morning, they're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not going to fill the dishwasher. They will take care of all the dishes they, you know, create, feeding the kids and cooking for the kids. But as far as, you know, the house goes and they, you know, most nannies now um, expect that. Now, you do have some nannies who are willing to do it. But my suggestion is to be very clear and set that out in the contract Um, because, and the other thing that is huge with nannies now is what a lot of nannies are finding happens, and it it does happen all of the time, is is what's called job creep, where all of a sudden things just start getting added to the nanny's list, you know, that weren't added before, and her job just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it just becomes overwhelming. Burnout is huge with nannies. They work long hours. And one thing I want to say to everybody, and this is really important because if you've never been in this kind of work, you wouldn't even think about it, but you have to understand that a lot of moms say, well, I just need her to do what I do and if I can do it. But no, it's, it's actually a much tougher job than a mom's job. And the reason it is, is because they're not your kids. You have to be hyper vigilant, much more vigilant than a mother is for her own kids. And I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but it's really not. Um, you know, there are things that I would let and risks I would allow my child to take mm-hmm. because it's my child and I felt safe. I knew there, I knew what they could do and I felt safe doing it and I could make that decision. I can't do that with your child. Right. You know, I'm much more, I'm much more conscious of that and let them do probably less than I would let my own kids do because I can't make those determinations. It's not fair for me to, you know, allow risk for your child right maybe you wouldn't allow that risk for your child and so Mm -hmm. we have to be hyper vigilant so we have to be hyper you know where you'll take your eyes off your kids we can't Mm -hmm. um you know we can't just set them in front of the tv because you i have to go run and do something right now that's that uh, we're not paid to do that right we have to be on it much more we have to manage our time much better and we can't just leave the kids sit where a parent would. A parent would be like, I'm having a long day. You guys just go play in the corner. I'm going to go sit and read my book for a minute. Like, we can't do that. No. And so we don't have downtime. The normal downtime that parents have throughout a day, we don't have. And, you know, if we have a... And, and so an, another important thing that I'm hearing from a lot of nannies is that, you know, when the baby's napping, they expect them to do all the other work now that the baby's napping. And when you're having a 10, 12-hour day you know you need a break you Mm -hmm. need to be able to sit down to eat to look on your phone to just relax for a minute Um, well by law you're supposed to have breaks as well by law you are and as domestic workers we generally don't get those and more because you know we're responsible for the baby all day so it's really important to realize that your nanny has actually a tougher job than you do they they're they're on it all the time and it's a huge huge responsibility the safety of somebody's child huge it is and i'm so glad you made that point too because it lends it i love the point about that you know you definitely don't 
have the luxury of um, making more calculated risk decisions and so you're more conservative. But I also love the point of it's not the same as the mom's role, right? I, I love that. I think that's so important to highlight. And I also have to say that, you know, it's just, it's um, for Brian and I, it's always been, and, and I know this is not popular. So for folks listening, I, I'm fine if you don't agree with this, but I'm just sharing our perspective that anyone that has like a, a big, a larger house or really frankly, even just your apartment, but especially if you're in like any kind of house, it doesn't need to be a huge house either, but just a house, which is a larger space by definition uh, versus say an apartment or a much smaller like studio setup, you know, separating the cleaning of the home versus the nanny position, especially when your kids are very young, to us has always been very important. We never, we always keep housekeepers separate from a nanny. Very important to us because we always want our nanny to be able to focus 100% on the children. And anyone that's had young children, especially if there's multiple and had any kind of home, it is a lot of work. It is a ton of work. And again, if you're a mother, maybe you can find ways to like make it happen, like Becky was just saying. But if if you're working and your job is to take care of children, I mean, that's a huge, huge responsibility. So we just never, ever wanted to make, to make it like putting our nanny in a situation where she has to turn her back on, especially a young child that can get into so many things because she feels this pressure that, oh my God, I have to go do the laundry or, you know, it's just too much for one person. It, it is. And, and, and definitely the children's safety will be compromised and where but and a lot of parents will say well no i expect them to do that if they you know their downtime in downtime but the nanny needs some downtime too that's how you but or no if they can get it fine if they can't but actually that's not true and what ends up happening is the list of household chores is a list right and everyone can see oh that's not been done that's not been done that's not been done the things that aren't on your list is, you know, have, have I engaged this child intellectually today? Have I been talking to them and, and expanding their language all day? Have I been teaching them, helping them to learn to crawl? Have I been reading to them? Those aren't on the list. No. You know, and your child's development is completely done through interaction, mm-hmm. you know, especially when they're young. And they need to be engaged. And, you know, if I'm doing laundry all day and cleaning all day and cleaning, that's what that's what gets left on the yeah. floor. That's what's left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Because that's not on the list. Right. And nobody sees that that's not happening. But it, you will see it later. Yeah. Developmentally, you definitely will see it later. So, you know, you have to really figure out what's important to you. And... You know, if the cleaning is is important, then you do need you do need a housekeeper because it it really is too much. Unless you're home and you really just need an extra set of hands, then you can have a housekeeper that can you know watch the baby for an hour. Right. But put down the housekeeping. Right. But know that that you're going to have to lessen those that that person's tasks for the day. Right. Like when you were living in, and obviously we have Nellie separately, who is our cleaning person. Mm-hmm. Um, she's part of the dream team, as I call everyone that helps keep our lives somewhat together, um, somewhat. Uh, you know, you were doing things with our kids that, I mean, I, I still don't even do as a stay-at-home mom, you know, really engaging them physically, mentally, intellectually. I mean, you really are very hands-on as far as when you're taking care of a child and you meet them at the level that they're at and you push them, you know, you, Becky can come in and actually pinpoint your child's strengths and weaknesses. And she would tell me things about my kids and half the time I wouldn't believe her because she'd say, you know, Charlotte said poop or something. And I'm like, okay, she's four months old. That's not true. (laughs) But like, so she really gives a full focused attention. And I use that as an example of like what good looks like, because here we had a high functioning situation where she didn't have to be distracted by all this cleaning and then when she had her time and her undivided attention 
because we were able to find such a stellar person, she really could nurture our kids when I wasn't even home. So that's where the vetting process becomes so important when you're really looking for these nannies. That's what I think is, you know, that's why I really think this topic is so important is because you have to be really clear about what is important to you. And for us, giving our kids that nurturing, you know, loving attention and making sure that we're just really making sure that they're advancing physically, emotionally. I mean, there were things that she'd go to the park and she'd be showing Charlotte how to climb the wall. And, you know, the way that she would do it, I would be able to learn how to do that. Which is probably another thing to say is like, if you find that you have an awesome nanny, and believe me, I know, not it doesn't always work out that way, but we've had the luxury of having a couple really fantastic nannies, Becky being, you know, obviously the top one. But if you have someone like that, I would recommend that both you and your husband become a student. Watch the nanny interact with your child, like learn from them, use it as an opportunity to learn. And for us, it started with Delia. She was our first night nurse we had. And Brian and I, I mean, I was up. Newborn care specialist. In California, it's illegal for us to call ourselves nannies. Oh, okay. She was a a newborn care specialist. Thank you, Becky. Mm -hmm. See, she keeps me honest. Mm -hmm. But Brian and I, we didn't have any experience with kids. And let me tell you, when you bring home a baby and you have no idea what to do, and even if you do know what to do when it's your child, it still is freaky. So we use that as a chance to learn and to really soak in the experience even though I was getting up every hour breastfeeding and I mean it didn't necessarily save me a ton of sleep it definitely did on the back end but be a student I mean I have learned god I can't even tell you Becky is like my mommy mentor I, I I mean there's so many things I've learned from her it's it's insane. So I would just say to the parents out there, if you do have a nanny that you really trust, that you've vetted and you've done a great job hiring them, then be a student and learn from them and soak in their knowledge as best as you can. Because I mean, you can't pay for that kind of stuff. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah. And I think, I think a huge, a huge thing also is that um, Kim's a great student and even though she may have ideas, she's open to everything which is really important. And I run into this a lot. I tend to prefer now as a newborn care specialist working with new parents, um, unless I ha- unless they're a repeat like Kim. And the reason is, is because they don't have a lot of preconceived ideas. And what I'm finding a lot these days, it's always been so, but not nearly so much as now, is that people are getting into these theories of child rearing, these theories of child development, these systems these whether it's rye whether it's you know gentle parenting whether it's whatever it is um this kind of sleep training that kind of sleep training and the problem with that is and they're they're just they're people are committing to them and and one of the things actually we were just talking about the other night is that you know changes is a good thing and if something's not working for your child yourself or your family change it immediately don't spend lots of time in it and People get so locked in before they have babies, they do so much reading, and they're like, oh, that's 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 my style of parenting. That's how I am, yeah, that's my style. And the thing I say to them is, it's not about you. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about you, it's about that child. And the thing is, we don't know who that child is yet. Mm-hmm. And that philosophy may work great with the child you have, and it may be the complete worst thing you can do. Um, I've seen babies that have, have had parents who you know who described to to strict rye and ended up in 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 you know physical therapy ended up in speech therapy ended up in because that child just it wasn't the right child for that 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 philosophy and for those 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 um those tools now do i use some tools from rye sure i use tools from everything and what I do is the key is, is to figure out who your baby is. Yeah. And and we all can relate because we all have learning styles. And we all know that if we're not taught in the learning style that we learn in, it's it's much tougher for us to learn. Well, that's true of babies. And they all have their own temperament and their own personality. You know, I've met kids who who need a, a strong, tougher hand. And gentle parenting is great and the talking and the explaining, all of that is great for some kids. For some kids, it's terrible and it makes it 
much worse. Yeah, like Charlotte, for example. Let's just <laughs> let's use my kids as our case study, shall we? Because I'm not bashful. My, my granddaughter is the same. Charlotte is okay. So my friend Julie calls Charlotte because her daughter is similar in in certain regards. So we call them our spirited daughters spirited Spirited. so like gentle parenting with charlotte for example who has her own independent ideas of how things should and shouldn't go and look at i love that independence right like to me i see leadership these are kids who when they're adults you will never worry about them right no it's true children it's you have to fall they have to (laughs) fall in line right and so that's the perfect example of if i let charlotte do gentle parenting all day my god she would be steamrolling over everybody and would be terrifying So it just won't work for her. And and again, yeah. like I'm proud of her, of all of those qualities that she has, the independent thinking and how, that she wants all of these things, you know, the way she wants them. That's Those are all traits of a leader. So I'm not blind to that and I'm not down beating my child. I'm just being honest about, you know, what she's going to need for, as far as support from a parent or from a nanny. How can we channel her and in, in her energy in, in a positive fashion and mm-hmm. keep her in line? I don't want her running yeah. my home. And we also have to look at the fact of, you know, what world are we raising? I mean, are we raising these kids? Are we trying to give them an idyllic childhood? And then they are adult and the bubble pops and, oh my gosh, the world's not like that? Or are we trying to prepare them for the life they're going to lead? And part of preparing them for the life they're going to lead is looking at where they're going to be and what they're going to be. Now, gentle parenting is great and I use aspects of it myself I use aspects of all parenting styles but when you go completely that way the problem is they're going to be in schools they're going to be in jobs that aren't going to ascribe to that and they're not going to be treated that way so it's really important that kids are are able to navigate many different ways of being and of you know that they're they can be they can be in a in an environment like a karate class that you know you don't speak unless you're spoken to that you sit there quietly that you know they don't care what your opinion is that it's a very much autocratic kind of you know situation and you know if if you only ascribe to one philosophy they're not going to be able to navigate that and if they want to do it and you know it it I think it, it, it limits their options. It limits their choices. So the important thing is to really study all parenting styles and to really look at all of the different toolboxes there are and all of the different tools and have them at your disposal. How do so we find those? To choose. Well, I'm going to write a book, actually. I mean, that's something that, that's you something should. that I want to do because it's not a common philosophy. But when you're around kids enough and you realize even within one family how drastically different they are and we think we know who our child's going to be and we don't you don't we don't because carter and charlotte could not be more opposite truly they are completely opposite people and yeah like becky said to me when we were looking for schools which kind of lends itself to that discussion i was like i have no idea what kind of school is it montessori is it waldorf like what is all this and she kind of went through like methodically with me and she said look i think your kids should be in this kind of school but for very different reasons and we talked about it and so you know i didn't have a preconceived decision made like they're definitely gonna be in this type of school or that type of school i was like open to it but i was like i don't understand all these options it's confusing as a parent when you don't know what the options are and then how do you so i mean one thing i can say about choosing a school right once you get to know your child you understand who they are once you think that you know okay we're ready to put our child in school we should definitely start touring different facilities so that was something i had done like just for preschool even i looked at our um local uh, a number of different local preschools and things and there was you know the temple there was montessori different montessoris mm-hmm. uh, there was the one that it's more traditional i don't know what you'd call it but our kids current school which is a much more kind of school uh, traditional school environment at three years Mm -hmm. old you know so it really does depend on your child and it's like I knew I wanted my kids to be in a smaller environment not real freestyle more traditional 
and again, because Charlotte needs to be reined in and Carter needs to be engaged and in a smaller environment so that his mind doesn't start wandering off. So like very different reasons for them to be in that environment and they've thrived. But Mm -hmm. we talked about it and Mm -hmm. I didn't have a decision made in advance because that would be crazy. Yeah. And for preschool, I recommend that they be in the opposite environment. Of what they need? Uh, Of who they are. Oh, okay. Of who they are. Because if you have a very, you know, Carter's pretty buttoned up. He's pretty regimented. He's, you know. (laughs) Preppy. Straight and narrow. Very straight and narrow. Um, (laughs) You know, being free, creative, all those things are a little more, you know, uh, tougher for him to to deal with. You know, he likes knowing what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. He's very. (laughs) Orderly. He's Mr. You know, six-year-old businessman. So, um, you know, type A, just. Yeah. Just you linear. Know, linear. Everything. Um, and, you know, I find that, and the reason I say that is because for preschool, it gives them a chance to kind of stretch that other side of themselves. Because again, they're going to be in situations where it's going to be important that they have those skills. And if there's never a place for those skills, for them to learn those skills, they're not going to. And they're going to be uncomfortable. And they're not, again, not going to have as many choices. And for me, for kids, you know, you're raising these kids, you don't know what their life's going to be, and they're different people than you are, and, you know, you want them to have as many choices as possible when they get older, and so, you know, and, and he was, his his preschool was definitely more loose. Yeah. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so, you know, and then when he, it's time for regular school, they tend to do better and, you know, kind of more geared to who they are, um, and there's schools for every kind of child, um, and as well as homeschooling, um, which I did as well. Um, and so, you know, trying to get people out of, I'm gonna lock into this childcare philosophy, I'm gonna lock into how I'm gonna raise these kids. You can't know how you're gonna raise a kid that you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you kind of have to be really open to figure out what is their temperament, what is their personality. Well, and you really study kids. I mean, yeah. even with baby London, she studies, she will stay up and stare at my child and tell me, oh, well, she puts her hand in we'll her stare mouth. stare at the monitor anyway. She stares, I mean, yeah, she will sit there and she, I mean, she really, in fact, not to speak for you, but you said one thing you love about working with newborns is figuring them out it's like a it's like puzzle yeah it's like a puzzle see that's what drives most of us crazy is like we don't know who this (laughs) child is it's just this newborn that we have to feed and it's screaming at us and we don't know why and it's hard to me it's so cool watching their personalities develop and figuring out like who they are you know because they're already that person when they're born yeah and that's the other thing they're the same person they were inside you yeah if you look you can really see yeah you pay attention to the movements and what they did in utero they're the same so who's baby london who how do you characterize her so far she's not even three months old yet she's such a combination of the other two really um she's very very sweet um but she knows what she wants and she's very insistent about it very insistent she cries loudly she yells um and and when you don't do what she knows she wants i mean she she's not happy about it and lets you know so she's very vocal, but yet super, super sweet too. And and very easy. She's much more easygoing than the other two. Um, oh God, this is hopeful, Becky. <laughs> which, which is a good thing, because she's going to have to deal with the other two. <laughs> she's really not going to have a choice about that, Matt. She's going to have to be more easygoing with those two. But um, she she's she's really, really a sweet baby. And and just, and, and smart, really smart. She's very, she's very um, vocally, and she's she she's language is 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 a thing for her so teaching her more than one language is probably a good thing um she's knowing words i, I mean she i had her condition to to words at, at three weeks which is the earliest i've ever done it tell them what has okay people are going to be like what are you talking about because it truly is unbelievable what yeah. becky well, I mean, did with her it seemed that she understands language at three weeks and while she really doesn't have an understanding of language, you can condition them to words, just like a dog could be conditioned to salivate when the bell rings, right? Same with babies. If, you're, if you talk a lot to them, and, if you, and you can see when they're locking on things, and if you tell them the words to them, they will, they will, uh, they will realize that certain actions 
are associated with those words. And so, you know, she, she, um, she, she was, uh, now I'm even forgetting. I blend them all together. What was, what was the first one she did? The breathe. Oh, breathe. Right. That's, a, that's, a, that's always my first one. I should know that. So usually with uh, babies, because I'm feeding them at bo- with bottles at night, starting at about two or three weeks, uh, I always teach them um, the word breathe. And that's because when you feed a baby a bottle, because it, it tends, even when you're pace feeding, it tends to come out so fast that, you know, they'll, they'll gulp, gulp, gulp. They, they don't breathe and then they choke um, on, on the milk because they don't have a chance to breathe. So what I do is I teach them the word breathe and I'll pull the bottle out and they'll breathe and I'll say breathe, breathe, there you go, breathe, there you go. And and you do that and she learned it in probably two or three days. Um, and so then when I tell her to breathe, she stops sucking, she breathes, I say there you go, and she, she um, and that's, and there you go is one of those things that I told Kim now with a lot of the um, parenting techniques now you know, saying good job is not considered a best thing to do um, because you're basically giving your your praise and you're saying that that's good. Um, whereas I use there you go because it's basically something they chose to do, they wanted to do, and they achieved it. So they're not always seeking others' approval. Right. The thing that it is giving them approval, but basically it's telling them that they met their goal, which was their Right. Goal. It's like self-approval. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, um so and she so she does that to this day you know she'll she'll go fast and i'll remind her to breathe and 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 after she learned the word breathe then once i told her in a in a feeding the word breathe and and she would breathe and i did it a couple times she would continue doing that through the rest of feeding on her own she's like be like oh yeah right that makes it easier she, <laughs> she literally does i was stunned um, and so since then, we've learned lots of other words. Um, I also teach them the word stop. Um, and the reason I teach them the word stop, I don't know if anybody has heard that these COVID babies are kind of crazy advanced as far as a lot of times they're physical. Um, and we have a lot of them crawling at six, seven months. And I don't know that they figured out why that is. Um, is it that they've just had more parental attention and more attention and more teaching. So babies born during the COVID period, yeah. not necessarily that they had COVID. Not that they had COVID, that they've been born during the COVID period. Mm-hmm. So um, I, you know, I teach babies stop because I had my babies were uh, crawling at six months, and there's nothing worse than having a baby crawling, who can get everywhere, who does not know any words, and who doesn't know stop doesn't know what danger is doesn't it has no concept of anything and they're kind of dangerous even when your house is childproof yeah and so um i teach them the word stop um at about i start doing that about three or four weeks as well um you know when they get really upset i'll, I'll tell them stop and and then but it and the way you condition a child that young is you know, I'll say stop, but I have to make sure I have the solution to whatever it is that they're upset about. So if she needs a pacifier, I'll say when she's, you know, kind of losing it a little bit, I'll say stop. And then I'll give her the pacifier right away. So she knows that when she hears the word stop, she knows that the fix is coming. And so that's how you condition them to, to these words. And um, what else did I teach her? Patience, oh, same patience. idea. Yeah, same, you know, before a feed, when she were getting ready for a feed and babies will tend to just really lose it and get upset and frantic and start kicking and screaming and I taught her patience. So when I say patience, patience, when I'm putting the, the, the burp cloth under her chin, she actually stops. She stops, she be, she's still, because she knows, it, she knows she's now learned that it's coming. If right. I say patience, it's coming. So, um, and then we've taught her all kinds of words of things that she likes. She likes the light in her room. So she knows light, she knows mirror, she knows smile. Um, she started, and we started teaching her this copy sticking her tongue out pretty early. She knows tongue. And so, um, so you know, I think we counted, she knows about 15 or 20 words that she can. She knows hand. She knows hand. But she'll also follow direction. In other words, you'll tell her something and she'll do it because she's associated the two things. And it just makes it just makes things much easier. And, you know, just babies and infants are so much more aware and capable more than we know, more than even the experts know. 
It's oh, true. And I, I think was... she's trying to be on the podcast right now because yeah, she's she is. trying to wake up right now. Do you hear? We have a yeah. new customer. She's not really. She's been passed out, by the way. Um, there we go. Hello, baby London. Do you want to be on the podcast? Are you awake? Good morning again. Hi. Little schlufferkin lady. Mama? Mama's right there. Hello, baby. Where is she? Hi. Hi. How was your nap? There she is. There's mama. Hi, mama. <laughs> she waves. Oh, she waves. <laughs> yeah, she waves. She's two and a half months old and waves hi. Um, look at hi, she waves. Yeah. Hi, mama. <laughs> oh my gosh, this baby. Hi. Yeah. Oh, thank you for the big smile. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god, she is so cute. We're podcasting with Becky. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you and Carter and Charlotte will have your own podcast one day. <laughs> so, um, well, maybe what we can do, oh my gosh, that smiles to die for. So I would like to do a part two of this because you know what? I really want us to talk about things that people don't talk about, like hemorrhoids. Yes, that's a good one. Um, I So we kind of talked about how to pick a nanny. We should talk a little bit about how to sleep train the baby. Um, I had mastitis. I shared that with folks on the last episode, and Becky coached me through that. And um, we should probably pick up on some of these other topics. So what I think we should do is pause it and create a second part because this has already been 50 minutes. Can you believe that? Yes. I knew Becky was going to love podcasting. And she was like, no, I don't know. I have to prepare. I love podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so why don't we um, pause it? And then what I'll do is we're going to publish another episode and we're going to talk about hemorrhoids, mastitis, breastfeeding also things like when she won't stop smiling at me she's so happy yeah because you slept um also talking about when is my child ready for potty training and what to do when your baby has a fever so i think talking about how to pick a nanny in a school um for your child is really helpful and um i think we'll just leave it there for now so does that sound good we'll pick it back up okay yeah All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been so fun. You guys can see why I'm in love with Becky and why we've needed her in our home because she's truly a wealth of knowledge and it just is amazing to have this kind of information and I feel selfish not sharing her with you guys. So check back for part two and we'll see you again soon. Thank you guys for listening. Rate me five stars on Apple. London, can you say bye? Say bye, London. Say bye. Say bye, everyone. (laughs) Oh, good. Okay, no sound came out, but she was trying. (laughs) All right, bye, guys. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again, same time, same place next week.